Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 21 and preview of round 22. This episode is brought to you by the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS and Frank Lampard, the Houdini of MLS. So tonight we have a little bit reduced cast with us. Uh, we have our guests are, as always, the great Simon and uh, Jason, a.k.a. Antioch. Welcome, fellas. What's up, bro? Uh, Guy was scheduled to be on the show tonight, but through some email snafus and a birthday, he is not going to be able to join us. So Happy birthday to your daughter, Guy. Happy birthdays all around. Uh, send him some love on Twitter. So let's just get right into this with uh, your impressions from round 21, and how did your teams do? Yo, uh, I did pretty well again. I ended up on, I forget the exact number of points. I'm trying to look at that right now, but it moved me up. I'm into the top 500, which is not like great, but it's the best all year. Um, yeah, how many points did I end up with? I ended up with 79. Nice. And the biggest disappointment, I transferred out Tommy McNamara for Sebastian Legette. And then Captain Robbie Keane. <laughs> oh, so somehow my week was like excellent even with that. But that was just the two lowest scoring players on my team right there. Yeah. Even, I mean, the, the average points for that round was 45. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you won up me, Simon. Uh, I had 78 points um, and brought in Stevie G, which uh, brought him in for Piatti, which didn't turn out too well. Um, so I'd say my biggest letdown was uh, Stevie G and Keen uh, with four points combined with them. Um, I switched my captain at the very last second um, from Keen to Javier Morales, and that was fantastic. You know, Javier, Giovinco, and Finlay both did very well for me this week. Um, but, yeah, I moved up. Uh, man, I moved up into the top. Uh, 275. I'm actually ranked 274 now, so my best rank was 184, and then I fell all the way down to like the high 600s and slowly making my climb back up to the top 250. Very nice. I had a, a good round as well myself. I was on a minus four, and so I ended up with 82 points minus four, so that was very happy. I ended up making a couple of last-minute corrections to my team some changes to my team i added in acosta at the very last moment Lucky. which was great since he came out with 12 points yeah goal and an assist great and then i added kaka and and i know that should shock many people who listen to the show often but once i saw that new york has the worst home defense in the league i figured he was pretty good to go I guess I should have put my money on Laren, but I, I was not ready for Laren to come out swinging like that. Nope. Uh, New York versus Orlando game, by far definitely the biggest surprise for me of that entire week. I just did not expect just that golazo to happen. Uh, Anchor Kyle should have had another goal bounced right off that post. It would have been, a, would have been what, six more points. It was crazy. I, I do think the biggest letdown has to be the performance of L.A., but I can't, I, I can't really say that because – they're hot garbage on the road and we all know it and people just didn't want to believe it. So uh, it's awful. I know a lot of people were looking for those guys to really explode, but especially with Houston, who's been struggling, but it's just, they are bad on the road, but we'll get into more of that later during our focus discussion. I know that was hot on Reddit and we had several questions about that uh, before the show. So we'll touch on it more. A little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Uh, first, I want to apologize if, if I'm sounding weird for this episode. I'm on my way out to the All-Star game, so I've had to figure up some random uh, MacGyvering to get this uh, to work for me for tonight. Be sure to check out the Disco Report. I don't think it had been updated just yet as of the recording of this podcast. There were a bunch of cards in the games later on last round, so check the, the reports. I don't think anyone a very super importance is near a card total, but do check those when MLS releases those updates. Also some big names we want to update everybody on. Prelo is, is ready to go. He, he played, he got some points. So if you weren't sure about him, there he is. Uh, Drogba 
is not going to go to Chicago. We have a question about that later on. He is looking to get all worked out with Montreal right now. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Lampard is still MIA, continually injured, no longer going to be in the All-Star game. So if you were someone who brought him in, you're going to want to reevaluate that going forward. Drogba is actually already in Fantasy MLS for $10 million, um, but we will touch on that a little bit later in the podcast as well. Indeed. So let's just get right to these questions that we have. First one comes from Glory Man United 34 and this was specifically for Guy, but he couldn't be here. And it uh, goes back to some of that Kai Kamara question that we were talking about the last last week. So he says, looking at Columbus's future schedule, is this week is this a week to drop Kamara? Um, he still needs to get Via. Yeah, man, you, you need to get Via. Uh, and he, but he's just been addicted to having this stacked midfield and a budget back line. So is Kamara out via in something that he should be doing? So we had a lot of that talk. My last article on MLS soccer was about that. Kamara is missing some chances up front. We're looking at all the chances he's having in that six yard box. He's not, I guess, hitting as many as you would want, uh, but he is getting some. He's still the top scorer. Columbus is having a bit of a rough schedule coming up. So they've got a way to Orlando or late to Colorado, and then they've got a bye. And then it's a double game week. So, yeah, I think it would be a good time to drop Kai Kamar right now. Not necessarily because of all the reasons that Guy was hitting on in some of his past posts and talks on Twitter, but the away games aren't as great for Columbus, you got that bye week. Bring him back in for the double game, though. That's that's two home games against New York City and Sporting Kansas City. Columbus says, great at home. Be a good time to get him. If you are worried about Kamara, though, get Finley. I feel like he's the better choice overall if you're trying to hedge your bets. Yeah, I mean, I completely disagree with dropping Kamara this week. He's the second... Uh, is he the second most? No, he's the third third-ranked player in MLS Fantasy... Um, and you know, Orlando city, this is the big thing. It's not like they, uh, are great at keeping clean sheets. Their defense is rough. I can understand dropping in before going to Colorado because Colorado's defense actually been pretty good. Um, and it's an away game, but I don't really see why you'd want to drop him before going to a team that has pretty terrible defense. And I know we get like caught up in the efficiency thing, but like for lack of a better term, scoreboard, like he's scoring goals. It doesn't matter how many chances he misses if he's still racking up one or two for your fantasy team. It's sort of a, I guess, a battle of the bottom of the the tables, though, because Orlando has the worst home defense of the league, but Columbus is tied for third worst away offense in the league. So Maybe at best case, are we hoping for a 1-1 or that they even come away with some stuff? I don't know. I don't know. It's It gets a little fishy when things are away. MLS yeah. teams are awful away. Well, Kamara has four away goals this year and 11 home goals. The proof's in the pudding right there. But like Simon alluded to earlier, Orlando has arguably one of the worst defenses in the league. And, uh, I mean, for me, I'm actually going to keep him in Finlay this coming week. Um, just because it's against Orlando City, I mean, look at look at what uh, New York did to them. Um, and I get it with the stats with Guy. I mean, I'm a very stats-oriented person, especially when it comes to fantasy. But at the same time, his stats are dictating that he should be putting more chances away, but he's still putting goals away, and he's still the top scorer. He's still a great goal-scoring threat against Orlando. In my opinion, you just simply can't drop him. I think that you kind of reevaluate it and maybe try to wait a week to get Villa or Via in. I know that, um, you know, they, uh, Via does, I'm sorry, Via New York uh, City FC plays Montreal at home. And I think Reed, Reed and I were discussing this earlier. I think New York City at home actually has the worst defense in the league. So to me, that also sounds like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm also going to keep my Montreal players. But um, yeah, you don't drop Kamara this round, drop the next round. And if you still have questions about that, feel free to send Guy a little little tweet and let him know your opinions on Kai Kamara. He always enjoys those. Our next question comes from Bit Nomad, and he says, Toronto and Orlando have switched to a three-man back, or depending on how you want to look at it with those defensive midfielders, a five-man back line. 
as a result, both have started giving up more goals than usual. So these are two of the four teams that have a double game week in round 23. Does this change our tactics to rethink players going forward? Um, defensively, I'm not touching either one of those teams. Um, offensively, obviously, you have, I mean, you know, Toronto, you got Giovinco. If you want to take a punt on Josie, that's great. Um, Orlando, Kaka, and Laren are the only two that I'm going to even touch. And I'm actually, obviously, Giovinco I have in my lineup already. Kaka I'm going to get this week. And Laren I'm heavily debating getting in. But defensively, I wouldn't touch any of them. I think that you, if you have any players that are playing against either one of those two teams, probably a good idea maybe even captain them just because they're probably going to score a lot. I want to say... Toronto and Orlando have given up at least three goals in the last two games each, so I think that their their defense is incredibly leaky, and uh, yeah, whoever's attacking against them, put them in your lineup. Yeah, for me, the simple answer is no, it doesn't change my, my approach. Right now, I still have um, some Orlando representation on my team, so I have Ramos in the back, and I'd like to move him out. He was just there because he was cheap, but Toronto have average giving up one goal a game when they're at home i say that because uh, their double game week is is two home games and they've been averaging giving up one game at home uh, orlando is not much better with, with their record for conceding goals so uh, not really two teams you want defenses from definitely two teams you want to get some offense representation though especially during those double home game double game weeks yeah you guys covered it well, fantastic. We'll move right along. Uh, this next question comes from DSB Coco. And Coco says, any anticipated effect from the MLS All-Star game this week? Colorado seems to be in the middle of the states, so less travel fatigue for All-Star players. Um, yeah, so this is a tough one. I haven't seen official statements from teams yet, and they're probably not going to give official statements because that's how teams are these days. Uh, I would definitely expect some fatigue. Maybe not from the players who've been like still in MLS, but you think about somebody like Dempsey, for example, and all the other Gold Cup players who are all-stars. I know that's not a ton of people, but you have to expect that after the Gold Cup, they've been playing roughly two games a week for the last month and a ton of flying that they're going to be exhausted now, with someone like Dempsey, maybe the Sounders need him so much that he starts, but I would not risk starting any uh, any All-Stars who were also in the Gold Cup. You get somebody like Robbie Keane or whatever, uh, these guys are used to it. They can play two games in a week. Uh, I would not be super worried. Yeah, I agree with that statement 100%. I don't think, I mean, most All-Stars are going to be playing 45 minutes and then a halftime. All the entire lineup's going to be switched out, just how it was last year when they played against Bayern Munich's C team. Um, you know, hopefully no one gets injured and hopefully everyone stays healthy. But I really don't think you have to worry about anybody. Yeah, I think Simon nailed it. I definitely agree with him that it's the guys coming back from the Gold Cup that you should be worried more about to give them some some a break time. They may take a game off after the All Star game, or maybe they'll just consider this All Star game a nice little break and and not be playing anything this round so why would you have anybody from gold cup in your lineup anyway it's been three weeks that doesn't you know that doesn't make sense why you'd have anyone in your lineup like even a dempsey i wouldn't even trust him putting him in your lineup <laughs> well yeah it's just that that recovery time from when they come back but exactly uh, but those those are the ones who i'd be looking at more towards being fatigued than than guys who are just going to come in play 45 minutes and then go back Next question comes from Mike Dat Tiger, who wants to know what do we think of the DraftKings alliance that MLS made? Do we see this as affecting the regular fantasy game? So for those of you who may not know, MLS just signed an exclusive deal with DraftKings.com for daily fantasy. And I believe that is up right now. You can sort of touch base with uh, Shula Redpath on, I said that again, uh, with, you can touch base with Skylar Redpath. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we talked about that when he was on the fantasy roundup and someone said that and he was like, no, that's wrong. And I never messed it up until then. And now it's the first thing I think of every time when I see his name, uh, but you can check. It looks like, Shuler, though. it looks like it, even though it's Skyler. I know. And I knew that, but ever since someone said it, it just, it just stuck in my head. 
Uh, but you can hit up him. He's he's really big into into DraftKings. Also Corolla, who was on the show also during the Fantasy Roundup, uh, big presence on Reddit, and also comes by the Fantasy Boss forums pretty often. He's also been doing very well on DraftKings. So with hope, we might be able to get one of them on in the future to get more in depth. But for the rest of you guys, I have very little experience with this myself. I've done some of the Mondo Goal game, which is uh, similar, but they do track stats a little bit differently than we have with Fantasy. I, I don't think it's going to affect Fantasy much. Uh, it just gives you another outlet of th- something to do. Um, yeah, I think it's good for Fantasy. The more Fantasy games you got, the the better things are for the league and for all of the Fantasy games. They kind of build on themselves. Um, you know, I haven't actually done DraftKings because I'm legally not allowed to. You can't in the state of Washington because our gambling laws suck. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really mean that much for me, but yeah, I don't know. It looks fun. Wish I could play because it looks like pretty low money. Just kind of like, you know, throw away amounts of money that are kind of fun. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's actually really good for MLS. The reason being is because I don't think this year, but I think next year, um, DraftKings will bring a lot more people to fantasy and I'm hoping that they incorporate something within the actual MLS fantasy website uh, to promote each other and hopefully that can you know bring more people over because I want to say that the past two years I don't think fantasy MLS has had over 30,000 people um, consistently with at least a quarter of them being dead dead teams That's so I'm great. really so I'm really hoping that DraftKings can add a spark to fantasy major league soccer and maybe get more people involved. And cause you know, the people that like to gamble will be on DraftKings, and hopefully that outlet can bring them into fantasy MLS and grow the sport and grow uh, the fantasy community. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic point. And if anyone from DraftKings.com is listening to this podcast, if you'd like to uh, sponsor us, we'd love that. I'll wear shirts. Yeah. I'll wear shirts. I'll put stickers all over my car. I'll do whatever, <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, so this next question comes from Rosro FC thirteen, who wants to know what is our take on the Drogba signing in Montreal. And I actually had another question exactly like this on Twitter from uh, Dominic Tremblay. Same same question, except at a at a ten point oh price, would you add Didier Drogba to your fantasy team once he gets added to the game? So uh, Ruzo or yeah Ruzo and Dominic, um, I'm honestly, I think it's a great signing for Montreal. I think uh, I feel bad for uh, Chicago. Reed and I were discussing this earlier, um, just because Chicago they really do need a lot of help. But um, you know, I think it's a great signing for MLS, especially with all of the talent that we've gotten this year with, you know, Giovinco, Dos Santos, uh, Stevie G, Lamps, Pirlo. Um, I mean, so much talent is in here now, and I think that's great for the name. Uh, or I'm sorry, for the game, uh, you know, MLS. Um, I am personally not going to touch Drogba, at least for a couple weeks. Um, a, he, you know, he still has to get his visa, his work permits and everything like that. He hasn't trained with the team. He hasn't played in, I don't even know how many weeks, uh, hasn't trained with the team. So, you know, I'm going to give him you know, at least a couple weeks. I don't personally, I think for 10.0 as a striker, I think there are much better options right now. Um, But, you know, I think he could potentially be good. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not touching him for a while. Uh, Yeah, I wish I had more to add, except that Drogba is a very good player. Don't count him out because he's old. His game is not super, like, age-based. He's going to perform really well here. I just think it's probably going to take him a month or so to get into the swing of things, uh, realistically. Montreal's a really good team, for what it's worth. I think they're a pretty pretty underrated team, just because they kind of started the year slow because they didn't have games. And uh, he's, he's going to be a really good piece in their offense. But, yeah, until he kind of gets it together and gets fit and everything, maybe stay away. And right, I, I was saying earlier that I really feel bad about Chicago because I think they, more so than Montreal, really needed some infusion of, of I don't want to say talent, but just something to really get the fans riled up again and just, just to help help their team because they've just hit so many roadblocks with injuries and, and new players not working out. And it's just, it's just been rough for Chicago. And uh, 
Montreal is a bit of an underrated team, but they've got some forwards. They've got McInerney. They've got Oduro. They had the super unfortunate injury to Cameron Burr earlier in the year, but they'll they'll get him back, and he's going to be some great spark for that team. They've got a great midfield with lots of creative guys there. I, I just feel like Chicago needed it more, but I definitely agree with Jay. It'll be great to have him here. There'll be some warm-up time, but I, I love seeing the big-name players that are coming here, even if it's after the quote-unquote prime, but I, I like that people are looking to MLS to come to. Hey, look, Simon scored a goal. I'm pretty sure you heard us talking crap last podcast. And <laughs> something happened, man. So, hey, if you kept him in your lineup, that's just want to give props to you guys because... Okay. Yeah, I got to step in here and say a couple of things. So, uh, first of all, man... I am the worst Sounders fan on the planet. You know why? Why? I decided I was like, I was like, there's a five percent chance that the Sounders are scoring, so I doubled up on Montreal defense. Oof. Got Simon and Toya. I was like crushed when Simon scored that goal. By the way, <laughs> as like a as a fan, but I was like, well, at least I knew it was coming, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm, it makes it a little bit better that I'm getting some fantasy points for it. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing, just with Chicago, I actually think Chicago gets the better end of this deal. They get a bunch of allocation money, both the normal and targeted, and they're ending up signing. Uh, what's that dude's Gil- name? Gilberto. Gilberto. Who yeah. like realistically is probably going to be about as much of a benefit to their team as Drogba would be. And like, like Drogba is clearly the better player, but if they have Gilberto for the next three or four years, it's definitely a better move for them. I think Chicago fans should be really happy with this. Yeah. I personally don't think that Drogba is going to make as big of an impact as people think I've watched in the past couple of years. And, you know, he, you know, he was sitting on the bench with Chelsea and then, and then I forget where he went after that. But um, I, I, I just – I think he's just more of a target man. I mean, he doesn't really have speed. He's got great footwork, but I don't think that he's going to be – he's not going to be a Villa or a Giovinco or like a Keen or anything like that. I think he's going to be just much more of a target man, more of like a Kamara, but not as much production, and that's my opinion. Well, Simon, you mentioned how you were, were shedding a tear when – when that goal was scored, we had, we had a question from Rolling Carey that I, I overlooked when setting up the lineup today. And and that question was, do we have any good recipes that require generous portions of salt? Because there seems to be an abundance right now. So with all of your tears, do you have anything that that you are making from that? Maybe some humble pie? Um, I don't really think I'm making humble pie. Like I feel like I've been pretty clear about the fact that the Sounders are a pretty bad team Epic without slide. Dempsey and Oba and Evans. Like I, I don't really feel that salty. I'm not to be like rude, but I don't know. Like we're a bad team without them. It's just the way it is. Like I'm pretty annoyed that Nagel and Barrett are bad, but they're Nagel and Barrett. Of course they're bad. Now Nagel stepped up some last year, but. Yeah, easy when you have Martins and Dempsey around. You could well, put, when like, they were gone. When, when they were the gone, field. he he would always step up. But maybe he still had one of them around. I don't remember as much. But but there we go. So no recipes. Uh, there's no apparently no crying on this side of of the fantasy aisle. But yeah, salt everything though. Salt is great and it's good for you. <laughs> uh, so speaking of all the Toronto players, uh, this question comes from uh, Stin Saint Master Forty Two, who wants to know how long can Javinko carry Toronto? Forever. Javinko is the best player in MLS. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Simon. Um, they're playing against New England next weekend, and they got two home games against Orlando and Kansas City, away at New York and home against Orlando, and then a, another home against Montreal before the free wild card on 27. Like, I love that run of games. Um, I mean, Javinko is, I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a soccer god. He is, he came to MLS. We all knew he was going to do well. Took him what three or four game weeks to really get acclimated to MLS, and he's just been on fire. He's gonna he's gonna be MVP of the league hands down. Uh, this season was set up for Toronto to make it to the playoffs for the first time, so I think he's at least got ten more weeks left in him, and then more into into the tournament. So yeah, I I think he'll be able to carry them. 
of course, we're not going to see all these big scores from him all the time. He'll have some off wings, but I, I think he is going to be a guy who's going to go the distance. And I totally agree with everything these guys have just said. What about his heel injury, though? I, uh, I know he phantom got... heel injury. Well, he, yeah, and I don't know what happened, but I know that they showed him limping off after the game, and then I, I forget the coach's name, but he said that he, uh, that Giovinco was in doubt for playing this weekend because it, I don't know what happened to his heel injury, but or his heel, but that's something to highly consider. I mean. Toronto plays, let's see. New England. Yeah, New England, but they play, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to look at the schedule. Uh, what day do they play? So they are right in the middle, so they're on August 1st at 7.30, so, I mean. And he's got the All-Star game. Exactly, so, well, I doubt he'll, I mean, that'll give a good indication, though, if he doesn't play the All-Star game, then either A, they're sitting him out, or B, he really potentially won't play. So I would have someone on your bench just in case. Yeah, that's good advice. He's he's had two instances before where a heel injury, the bruise, has been mentioned, and he still played. So that's why I didn't move him out of my team this week. But um, I don't know. I've, that's one of the few injuries I haven't also suffered uh, while playing soccer. So I don't know what kind of recovery time that that is, uh, depending on how severe it is. But I could easily see a New England game being one to sit out since they've had some poor form themselves, saving for that double home game for the fans. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if at some point they rest him just because you want to make sure your best players are healthy for the playoffs. And I don't know, worth keeping an eye on at the very least. Yeah, but still, he's going to be a guy. He can he can shoulder this team into the, into the playoffs. Definitely. Our final question tonight before our focus discussion comes from just general Reddit community. And there's been several questions that people have asked about their wild card and then wanting to know if this is the time to use it. Uh, I would have said that several weeks ago was the actual time to use it either with the Gold Cup coming up. But if you have saved it, then yeah, now that the Gold Cup's over, now that the All-Star Game's about to be played and then finished, I'm, I'm thinking this is pretty much your last chance to really use that, that wild card to your biggest advantage. There is another free wild card that's coming up in round 27. Then we have four weeks and then a free wild card in round 32. Another free wild card in round 33. And then we're at round 34 and that's the end of the season. So yeah, this is it. Uh, I'm just looking at the double games. You maybe save it for 29 because there's six double games at that time. But I don't know. You're really, you're, it's, you're either going to use it now or at round 29, I think. Yeah, like, use it if you need to. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, like, the worst with the wild card question. A wild card is for when you need a wild card. Like, if you weren't already planning on it, then it clearly, like, you don't need it that bad. Um, Does that make sense? Like, if you're happy with your team, why bother using a wild card? If you're not happy, don't use it. I think we're past the point in the year where it's, like, the biggest advantage the world has ever seen. We pretty much know who's good at this point. You know, I kind of like the idea, just looking at the schedule, of, of having your wild card for the last, having a wild card the last three weeks of the of the season, and just use it every time and have whoever you want to. That that seems kind of yeah. fun. That seems really fun with no no point penalty. That does seem fun. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wish I had my wild card now. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, the I was actually looking at this. I saw a lot of questions on this on Reddit. Um, the three game, the three weeks I would use it would be either I would wait this week and I would use it next week just because injuries, um, people are coming back from Gold Cup, getting acclimated back to it. You know, you are going to have your Dempsey's. Um, there are some more signings. You're, you know, the transfer window is not over yet. So I know like Sean Wright Phillips, Bradley Wright Phillips' brother is probably going to be coming over to New York. Um, so therefore, Sam may be out. Grella may be out. I mean, there's so many things so many players that may be out and not playing. Um, another one that I would I really like, too, is Game Week 29. Um, just with all of those, let me add one, two, three, four, yeah, six double game weeks in there, which I think is, you know, fantastic. And or um, even uh, Game Week, um, what Reed said, Game Week 34, just rocking three wild card, wild card, wild card, because... That's <laughs> why not. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, realistically, I think that you know, either game week, uh, game week twenty-three or uh, game week twenty-nine. But you know, Simon did have a good point. 
if you haven't used it yet, then you know obviously you're happy with your team. And I used mine because my team was I had like seven injuries on my Not team. Garbage. I had no choice. <laughs> but actually, I do have one question though um, from Twitter that I did get asked. Um, actually, never mind. That's in the next section. I'm just kidding. You can edit that out. Hold your horses. <laughs> Simon doesn't edit anything. He needs to be compiling uh, a list of, of bloopers and outtakes for our intro. Oh, man, I'm supposed to do that, aren't I? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you know that Sean Wright Phillips already signed, by the way. He signed today. So he did for 375. Was it for – because I know he was asking $1.5 Did they just get him for the 375 or 325 or whatever it was? I don't know. I just saw the official announcement. Good for them. He does all things. He does all these all right, and now time to wrap up all the questions with our focus discussion. And this one is a question that we've seen a lot of people ask us on Twitter. A lot of people have posted about it. And it's what I'm calling the LA conundrum. It's been touched on throughout the week, but LA is coming on strong. And they have this fantastic roster and, and they actually have some good depth, which is a little bit rare still in MLS. But, but there's a problem. And that problem is why can't they score or win on the road? And that was that was talked about by a lot of people at MLS Fantasy Boss in the chat. I know Cully was bringing that up, and Corolla was bringing that up in different places. And and they were right. LA came up with nothing this week. And how do you handle that? Everyone, lots of people like Jason went in big with Gerard, and they've got these big signings. But what do you do? Are you guys gonna drop them and just rotate them during home games? How how can people approach this? Yeah, personally, this week um, I'm I'm leaning heavily towards dropping Keen and uh, and Stevie G. I just they just can't do anything on the road. They they just can't they can't score. They can't keep clean sheets. And honestly, against Houston, I get it. It was hot and everything like that. But Houston is one of the worst teams in MLS. Sorry, Travis, but. They really, really are, and to not score on one of the worst teams in MLS that has arguably they're in you know the worst three defenses, and you have the best, most potent offense in the M uh, MLS, that to me says that there's definitely something wrong. But you know, looking at their schedule coming up, so this week they're away to Colorado, then they're home against Seattle. Um, that's going to be, I think, that's going to be a fantastic game because Seattle should be hopefully be at full strength. Then they're away at Dallas, at home against New York, and away at San Jose, and then on a bye. That's way too much rotation for me to even worry about right now. I think that you know getting Kaká and Alarin and a David Villa, um, teams that have double game weeks in the next three or four weeks are going to probably be better, in my opinion. So I'm I'm actually going to drop both of them and just you know take my chances and roll the dice. Yeah, I think there's um, someone who's totally safe to to rotate during this time. They've got a lot of difficult games coming up, and and why why do that when there are so many more promising players? The, I mean, the numbers aren't lying. They've had 11 away games and they scored eight goals. They just aren't aren't producing. Some of that could be that they didn't have Robbie Keane available for a lot of that time, but in the two away games that he's played, he's not done well. So I think we just have to look at this team as not doing well on the road, which is something you can say about most MLS teams. Now I would be willing to keep uh, legit because he's just so cheap and he, he is a good creative spark right there, but otherwise look for the better matchup. Uh, their game with Seattle and round 23 could be one where maybe you drop Keen for this round, bring Keen back in and then uh, just see what it turns out to be like. But yeah, I it's, they're not an away team. Um, hmm, I have kind of a different take on this. Good. They have been bad so far away this year, and they've had this historically in other years, too. It is not just a this year thing. I think it's important to be pretty clear about that. But what they do have a history of is that when the going gets tough, Bruce Arena gets going. Um, I just, LA has been consistently such an incredible team no matter where they're playing in August and September and October, that I have a hard time not just trusting Bruce to get everyone fired up and ready to make a run at a supporter's shield, no matter if they're home or away. Um, I don't know what it is, but the, you know, 
end of last half of seasons just seems to be good for LA. And despite the fact that they haven't run won on the road yet, which is extremely concerning, ultimately I feel like it's just my trust in Bruce Arena that makes me want to keep Keen on my team. Well, do you, I just I trust them in clutch moments. Do you trust him more to go for Supporter Shield or go for MLS Cup? I think that they will do both. And, you know, I, I don't think it's really a choice between one or the other. They're going to want to win games and win the West either way. You know, I don't don't really think the West uh, is going to win the Supporter Shield. I think that's pretty much DC and, or Toronto's to lose. But, you know, just in terms of Bruce is still going to want to win the West. Yeah, but with the transfer budget well north of $15 million and getting players like Giovanni Dos Santos – having your academy bring up Villarreal, Legit. I'm sorry, not your academy, but signings and homegrown players, Legit, Villarreal, um, Zardes, uh, Maganto. I mean, it's just, I, I think you could give Yallop a $12 million budget and he would do the same thing, getting players like that. It's LA is a proven winning team because they get star players. I mean, Real Salt Lake is a proven winning team because they find diamonds in the rough and they find gems. Same with Portland. There's just, with anybody that has a 12 to $15 million transfer budget that can lure players of Steven Gerrard and Giovanni Dos Santos' caliber, anyone, you're, you're going to have a successful second half of the season. It's just, I mean, you're bringing in those type of players, which I, I, I personally hate L.A. for doing that, but, I mean, you know, what, what player wouldn't want to go to L.A. and play making that much money. It's just, that's why LA is going to do so well. But like you said, them not playing well on the road, how are they going to be able to win games on the road? If they haven't won one game playoffs or one home and one away, that's very, oh, they're going to very, win games on the road. I think sure. it's like every season they pick up and start winning games in August, September and October. They start every season poorly. And just because they've lost their tied all their road games so far, doesn't mean that they're going to lose or tie every single one in the future. Um, yeah, but how many, how and, many, I mean, we're what, 20, 20 going on, this is game week 22 and they haven't won one yet. That's very yeah, concerning to me. What is it? Oh, six and five away now. Like it's, it's bad, but they're not an incapable team. It's sure. like you take any team in MLS on the road and they're going to perform significantly worse. It's just how it works. LA is such a good team that I think it's worth taking a chance on them. I wouldn't like overload them for road weeks, sure. but I don't think it's like as big of a deal as everyone is making it. Well, you got, they got in the next five games, they have Colorado away, which is always a tough place to play, especially that's with tough, Colorado yeah. being in form Seattle at home, which I think is going to actually be, I think that's going to be Goal. probably one of the best games of the season. Goal fest. Exactly. Dallas away. It's and that's August 13th. That's going to be hot and Dallas is looking pretty good. Then New York City at home, goal fest right there. And then San Jose in San Jose, and then a bye week. I I mean, that's not that favorable of a schedule. Well, don't just stop there. Look at their entire rest of the season. So they have 11 more games, six are on the road, five are at home. Of those five home games, two of them are against Eastern Conference teams. Every other game, home and away, is against the West. Yep. So toughest division. Uh, their nine more of their games are going to be some of the top teams in the entire league. Seattle, Dallas, San Jose is becoming on. RSL's picking up. Seattle again. Portland's in there. And and then Sporting Kansas City, which should be a contender themselves for, mm -hmm. for the Cup. They've got some high points per game going on. So this is not an easy schedule, even for a team with the reputation of a late game surge for their road. I don't see anything wrong with just saying we're going to have the road be what the road is. We're going to go home and win those, and then we're going to take it to them in the cup. I think, though, if there is one one player you keep, I think it would have to be Keen just because of it being Keen. He's a proven goal scorer. He obviously isn't that good on the road, but regardless, Keen's going to take PKs. Keen's going to put points up for you. I mean, here's the other thing. Again, we say this like, Keen isn't good on the road. Like, he hasn't performed on the road this season yet. He's been this is not a lot. historical thing with Robbie Keen somehow being bad on the road. It would have come up right now. I'm looking at his history. He's played one, two, 
He's only played wow. six or seven game, uh, away Three. games. He's played four away games the entire season. But look, but, but look at him last week. He looked like absolute dog crap. He looked horrible against Houston, and it's against Houston. That's that's the thing that concerns me. But like I said, I think you do. I mean, you, for what it's worth, I also think that like Houston is bad as being made too big of a deal of. I mean, Houston is they're not great, but three clean sheets all year. Not a terrible team either. Three you know? clean sheets all year. This was their fourth, I think. That's sure. There's bad. a lot of teams that are like that, though. <laughs> that's pretty <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> well, yeah, we can see. I mean, we can understand why this is such a hot topic for people. Even we on this panel can't come to an agreement. So it's it's definitely a tough decision. And maybe what we've talked about can help you through some of that, or so. confuse you even more. <laughs> and if you are confused, feel free to hit any of us up on Twitter, and we will try to help you and engage in any kind of debate that you would like as well. So we're going to get to our player picks right now. Uh, this first ones are going to be keepers and defenders. And we have a question that relates to this. And this comes from Midnight Sun Elite. And it wants to know, is picking up a Dallas defender and or goalie a good move now or just chasing points? Um, this is a question that I have been wondering myself, which is why it's so exciting to me. Um, the short answer is I haven't decided yet. I would not do it now, though, because they have a bye in round 23. They're away to Chicago this week, which Chicago kind of sucks, for lack of a better term. Um, but I don't know. I struggle. Again, it's the whole road thing. I, I'm not sure I'd pick up defense on the road no matter what. And then, Unless they were L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they play L.A. at home in round 24, so... You probably have to get through a bye. I don't think it makes sense for this week. If you already have them, maybe you don't drop them because Chicago's pretty bad. But, you know, like picking up players right before a bye seems a little bit silly when they've got a, an away game. Yeah, I I think right now it's chasing points. Um, Chicago away. I'm sorry, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago at, at home. Actually, let me reverse that. Chicago away looks tasty just because it's Chicago in general, but I think you're better getting a double game week defender and keeper, in my opinion. The only way I would ever change a keeper is if he's injured or if there's a double game week. Um, I think it's a wasted transfer, personally. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what Simon was saying. With the buy coming up, it, it is just chasing. Um, Acosta is a nice little cheaper option later on if you're trying to do a budget back line and you don't care about about their away schedule. But at this point, I wouldn't look at adding another one of them in until after the bye week, unless you're going to be using your wild card, then, then go at it. Uh, so guys, let's just keep up with this. Who are your keeper and defender picks for this round? Uh, my keeper pick is um, man. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think my keeper pick would be uh, is it Malia or Melia from Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think that you know, I think that uh, he's still a good keeper. I know that they haven't really been performing that well, but um, undefeated you know, last six home games. Exactly, and that's exactly it. And against Houston, um, and then my defender pick. Uh, it's going to come as a major shock, but I didn't put this on my punts because I wanted to keep the super secret sneaky pick. Um, but I'm going to share it with you guys who listen to the podcast because well, I love FI exclusive. Exactly. Um, and his name is Angelino from New York City FC at 4.9. He is an attacking fullback from Manchester City, and I believe he's 18 or 19 years old. This kid has pace, this kid has vision, and this kid looks dangerous. I watched the game last week, and... If if uh, New York had another striker um, besides Villa, I think that he'd be getting a lot more points. But Angelino at 4.9, New York City FC, get him in your lineup. Yeah, those are good picks. I'm going to go with... Um, man, is it such a cop-out if I say that I don't have any picks this week? At, at all, or just for these positions? just for defender and goalkeeper. I just like, I look at the schedule and I've been trying to figure out what my transfers are going to be. And one of them involves keeper. And I just, there's no real good matchups this week 
there's no games that look like there's going to be clean sheets. I just can't see it happening. Kansas City, man, I can see that in the blue hell. Yeah, it's fair. I I think it's fair to say that. I what scares me off about that is like Houston and Kansas City have kind of a history of having like ugly games that are filled with a couple of crappy goals, and I just don't know. But yeah, I mean, I guess Malia is a fine pick for a keeper if you if you have to have one, which you do, I guess. So, uh, but then there's double week next week, and it's like, eh, who knows? So. What about you, Reed? What do you think? I agree with Malia as the keeper. The Sporting Kansas City six-game home winning streak is is very uh, persuasive to me, and Houston has struggled some with scoring on the road. So I like I like that. Um, if you don't have another keeper, though, I, I don't really advise like Simon saying. There's no real reason to change. Not not a lot of fantastic matchups. So just go with who you have. Uh, as far as defender, though, I'm going to go back to an old standard because I just like his production when he's home or away, and he's a nice little value at under $6 million. And that's just going to be Miazga from New York, like Red Bulls. Like uh, he's Yeah, he's 5.8, and he has great numbers. And so he's, he's someone that uh, could not play last round, and he's got a double game week coming up in round 24, and then he has three more of those before the end of the season. So you'll be able to get a lot of use out of that guy. Someone read my punts. Hmm. No. He was on my punts this week. I just like him. He's not a Man. He's quality. He is quality. He is. he is. I've been riding the Miazga train for a long time. Definitely. I think he's been on my team ever since he got back from the U20 World Cup. I, so. He should be. He's a great player, and he's yep. going to help you move that money around to the front. I agree. Uh, so let's go to midfielders now. This question also f- comes from... Chris MG nine 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 two says, "Do we think that that transferring Joralis uh, to Kaká is worth it for the double game week?" I'm beginning to think that Joralis is becoming fixture proof. Hmm. Interesting question. Hmm. Well, I've been saying get Joralis on your team since game week one, but no, but for real, like the past four game weeks, I've been extremely high on Javier Morales. Um. I personally do think he is fixture-proof. He gave his PK away to Plata to get to get Plata's confidence up, and to you know help him out. Because well, once Plata starts to get going, he's gonna get going. Um, I I'm keeping Javier Morales in my lineup as long as I possibly can. Uh, I think that if there's another way to get um, Kaká in, I would do that, just because RSL is starting to come on. Um, you know they're playing DC away and away at Vancouver, which I'm not scared about DC. But the Vancouver game we always struggle in Canada, but then we're at home against Portland, at home against Seattle, and then away at Dallas. So if you look at it that way, you're looking at three away games and two home games. Um, I'm keeping him in. He's a focal point. He's a maestro. PK set pieces everything. Find another way to get Kaká in your lineup. I'm always going to be in favor of transferring out. Well, maybe not always, but in this situation, I am in favor of transferring him out for Kaká because of the double game week. Uh, it's not it's not awful. You could also look at a Piotti up at Montreal with a double home game week. Um, as much as we love Javier Morales on this show, it's not been as fantastic on the road as he has been at home. I think that's fair to say, Jason. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. So with those two road games coming up, uh, I maybe would keep him in the wings if you don't have him yet until he has the, followed by two home games after those road games. So wait, wait for that time. And I think going with Kaká could work or Piotti or any of the other teams with, with a strong double game week schedule. Yeah, I agree with you pretty much completely, Reed. I don't have him yet, and I'm going to wait two more weeks, even though I wish I did have him, but... It's hard for me to bring in a player who's going to have two away games, no matter who they are. So can we call him home game fixture-proof? I think he's fixture-proof in general. I just, I I mean, I think he'll probably perform well. I don't know. It's just a, like, trying to be rational thing. If it, if it wasn't a double game week we were looking at. Yeah, exactly. It's really not. It's This is the thing that was last home game in game week 19. He played against Colorado and got eight points. Colorado, same atmosphere as Salt Lake, so that's really not... There's no competitive advantage there. The home game before that was his double game week where he got the red card, and then the 
his away game before that was game week 13 against Vancouver where he scored nine points. And before that he was injured with his, his uh, leg and then his concussion. So, I mean, real, realistically, the beginning of the season, I mean, he even first away game, Portland, four points. Game week five, ten points against San Jose. Game week six, three points against Sporting Kansas City. And that's been the lowest he's had at three points with 90 points or 90 minutes. Uh, I'm keeping him in my lineup. Y'all can take him out, but psh, good luck with that. <laughs> well, then let's go ahead and let you start out with who your midfielder picks are for this round. So um, <laughs> my midfielder picks for this round, I really think that um, – shoot, let me pull that back up real quick. So, yeah, my midfielder picks for this round, um, I think that Kaká is a fantastic pick. Uh, Finlay is also a fantastic pick just because they play against each other who don't really have good defenses. So I think either one of those two are definite must-haves. You, Simon? Um, Benny Failhaber still take the safe route. Uh, home game against Houston. Benny is going to bring it. He always does. What a goal, too, last week. Oh, I know, right? I hated seeing that, but man, 27 out, that ball just, that was a gorgeous goal. And I'm going to stick with Piotti as is my choice. Uh, even though Montreal is playing an away game to New York City, New York City's awful at home as far as keeping goals out. And then they're following that right up with two home games. Uh, and Montreal has done very well at home. So I'm going to think Piotti is a guy that could really help you out this round. Moving on, finally, to forwards. Uh, again, a question from my own bobblehead, and he says, I have Kamara, Keen, and Via Trio up top, which I think a lot of us do, uh, but I need to unlock some more funds and add a midfielder. Uh, what if I bring in Kyle Laren? Uh, which of the trio should get the boot? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, we touched a little bit on this earlier, uh, and I'm going to give you two answers. I think if you're, if Guy was here, he would probably be in favor of dropping Keen if you still had him just because of how his numbers have been, uh, to which I would then counter Guy by saying Keen on the road. We've already talked about those numbers. Uh, to get the most bang for your buck, I, I think Keen is the one that you could drop for this round, also because that um, – Columbus does have some double game weeks coming up in the future. They do have that buy in round 24, though, to keep an eye on. So that would make it easy to maybe swap a Kamara to a Keen if you wanted to do something like that. So I think Keen is the one of the trio to drop. That sounds logical to me. Um, <laughs> I don't really have anything to add. Man, you covered it. Yeah, I actually have two, uh, two answers for this. I think that via you keep just because of the double game week coming up, but True. you do have your, you know, Columbus. Um, you know, I like Columbus's matchup this week against Orlando. The following week, two away games back to back: Orlando and then Colorado and then a bye. So you could really, you know, look at dropping Kamara and potentially picking up some other double game week players like a Laren, or you could drop Keen. Um, he is away against Colorado this week, then home against Seattle, then away at Dallas. I agree with Reed in the favor in the, uh, uh, in the dropping of Keen this week. Um, but you know, I would make a couple different scenarios where you have a couple different players, a couple different formats of getting double game week players in for game week 23 and then 25, um, whatever can bank you the most, um, transfer so that you're not taking negative hits and setting yourself up for the double game weeks. If that makes sense. So let's just go over these last two questions really quickly. Who are your early captain thoughts? Start with you, Jay. Oh, had to put this one on me. Um, I uh, <laughs> probably Javier Morales, man. Like he's been consistent, and uh, against DC, I think he could, you know, do very well. But uh, I would say. Javier Morales is always a solid, a solid double game we pick. I think that even a Bradley Wright Phillips against Philadelphia, if you have him in your lineup, could be very good. Um, and Kaká, Kamara, Finley. I mean, there's, I think those are five great options that you could choose from. Even even Phil Haber, geez, there's too many good ones this week. It's all about Benny. 
So we got Benny from both of you guys. I don't know. This is kind of rough. Houston is not as bad on on the road with uh, giving up goals as I thought they were. You know, I might, I might go a little off the off the way here. Maybe something like Wando up against uh, Portland up there. He's he's coming back from the Gold Cup, but uh, not playing in the All Star game, so he'll get a little bit of rest. Doesn't play until August second, so some additional time could be a nice little little kick there. Or if we really want to want to press it, maybe Diaz for for Dallas could be a nice way to go. Um, I like Chicago that Wando game. pick. I like, like that one to pick. Yeah, we can it's see a really good differential. I really like that. We can we can see how that works. So that's that's what I'm going to look at right now. Look within the next day to have the captain poll posted on r slash fantasy MLS. And then finally, do you guys have any must haves? Bless you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that Kaka. Um, Kaka and Laren are pretty pretty dang close to must-haves, but like we alluded to a couple weeks ago, I really don't think there are any must-haves because we all thought that Keen was a must-have and he's blanking away. So, yeah. I don't know. I'll say Javier Morales just because I've said it for the past four weeks. I do not have any must-haves. The only must-have is confidence. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love wow. it. Uh, I don't have any either. I th- all I think is you want to – you must consider the upcoming double game weeks because there are some players there. So if if you aren't thinking about that lineup, think about that now and have the players that you need to make those – make as few transfers as possible to get the team that you want for the double game. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to wrap up with some of the fun things here with a little community time. The top scorer of the r slash fantasy MLS league this week. Uh, well, first, let me just say the top overall score was 115 points, which was taken by a nice member of the MLS fantasy boss chat regulars league. So congrats there. But the r slash fantasy MLS winner had 115 points. So really, really close with the score. And that was from manager Brian Z who is the manager for the team, Yay. hashtag mixtape. So congrats, man, on that. And then uh, what about head-to-head league news updates, guys? Anybody? Uh, I won mine in our posts league. That's right, you did. I forget who I played, but whatever. I also won my game as well. It's pretty close, uh, even, even with my 70-something points after the minus four adjustments. I am now second, just behind Travis in the in the MLS Fantasy Insider head-to-head leagues. So uh, I'm coming up for you, Travis. Watch out. Well, I'm not in that league because I wasn't cool enough to be on the podcast in the very beginning. So uh, <laughs> We'll fix that later. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, um, I really don't want any super cool head-to-head leagues, just some random ones oh. that I find on Twitter. You know, I just forgot. I didn't get your guys' picks for forwards. We just talked about that question. Who are your forward picks? Oh. Go ahead, Simon. Uh, you could you could take this one. You know what? I'll <laughs> I'll be ballsy and back up my pick, Robbie Keane. I uh I actually I'm gonna be bringing in Bradley Wright Phillips for Robbie Keane. So I like the double game weeks. I like the addition of his brother. I'm going with the BWP. I feel like I have to say Wando since I was tipping him as a pincher captain. Um, otherwise, I don't see a lot of shakeup needed up front with Laren. Uh, Laren. Uh, you yeah, him? you could you could look at a Laren as a way to shift some money around. Yeah, uh, viable. I like him better for the double game, but uh, yeah, Laren is someone to keep keep an eye on as well. So that was a little bit of a flashback for you right there. So, but that's all that we have for the show this week. We're going to wrap it up real quick. Do you guys have any plugs? Check nah. out check out my punts, guys. It's pretty good. Try uh, tell me what you guys think for your punts. I know a lot of people are coming in with uh with their ideas and their punts and uh i love the input and uh yeah give some support to mls fantasy boss go check out the articles good stuff there guys good stuff yeah and i'm gonna plug fantasy boss as as well but for the chat it's free live chat Uh, you can you can sign up if you want to you can also post anonymously but that's where a lot of talk happened near the cutoff time about la's away games and and their record and that changed several people's minds about having a a stocked up la team so definitely a great resource a lot of former players who have done very well have been there both in fantasy mls and fantasy epl so there's years of experience that we can draw from Uh, lots of great guys and did i mention it was free 
So just stop by MLS Fantasy Boss for that. Be sure to check out r slash fantasy MLS. Lots of posts gets put there about uh, rate my team ideas and uh, player injury updates that they found on Twitter or other places. So those are two great places to look, uh, as well as links to other fantastic fantasy resources that you can find online. And tweet us too, guys. We we love we love having people tweet all of us. You know, me, Reed, Guy, Simon, everyone. It's it's fun bantering back and forth about ideas and having people ask us questions about you know who to transfer and who to transfer out, especially when it's about 15 minutes until the deadline. Oh, it goes crazy. So tweet us. We love hearing about it. Follow us. Follow MLS Fantasy Insider, MLS Fantasy Boss, Simon, me, Guy. We'll follow you back. We'll talk fantasy, soccer. It's a good time. Exactly. Yes. Do it. I found some good people to follow who, who followed me through this podcast, and now I like get advice from them. I feel like I'm yep. mooch, but whatever. That's awesome. <laughs> Scratch my hey. back, I'll There we go. And please do share the show, and good luck, everyone.